TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. As we proceed inside the 10 o'clock hour on WFAN in New York, Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, watching sports, talking sports, taking calls, interviewing people, and passing the five-hour KM to AM. Thank you for listening and calling in. 877-337-6666. I'm going to reset a little bit right here and take your calls now before we break and we go get Connor Rogers. Man, I've been wanting Connor Rogers to join me uh, since I saw him on the uh, Jets postgame show after I think it was the Chargers game and he was going in on uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets needing to make a change. And I know he's a Jets fan and he does a lot of great work covering the Jets and the NFL. So we'll have more Jets talk and more just general NFL talk with Connor Rogers from NBC Sports, also on SNY on the uh, Jets pre and post game show. So what were we talking about tonight? We started with the Jets because I had some Jets fans mad at me, you know, and when people get mad at WFAN hosts, they come at our appearance. They try to guess our salary, say that we don't make any money. They say, uh, that's why I'm on on the overnight when nobody can hear me. I only have 10 listeners. <laughs> they say WFAN sucks. WFAN's failing. Who listens to this guy? But all I was saying last night and into the night is that the Jets at 4-5, and five, you know, you, you can't blame Aaron Rodgers for getting hurt, but all roads lead back to Aaron Rodgers for why they're here. They put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. There was only plan A, and that A was for Aaron. There was never a plan B. And they're literally about to have the same season they had last year where they go on a nosedive and lose a bunch of games in a row after thinking that the playoffs, playoffs, thinking that the playoffs were a reality. But they take a nosedive behind their number two overall pick who is making NFL history because we've never seen a quarterback get this many opportunities to just be bad to be mid, to not score touchdowns, to have one of the lowest QBRs in the league, to turn the ball over every single game. And when I look at that, I say, why is Tim Boyle QB2 right now? Oh, Tim Boyle is here because of Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. said, oh, they need weapons. They signed McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman was supposed to come here and play with Aaron Rodgers. Hard Knocks literally started with McCole Hardman celebrating the fact that he's watched Aaron Rodgers' whole career since he was seven and getting to play with him. They had to trade that guy. Why? Nathaniel Hackett couldn't figure out how to use him? Oh, it's 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 difficult to figure out how to use guys when your quarterback is Zach Wilson. Well, you shouldn't have defaulted into Zach Wilson being QB2. You could have got somebody else, right? You moved on from Mike White. Why? Because Mike White, you know, the guys were making T-shirts and – uh as soon as Mike White got the start, everybody celebrated him. Hmm. And, you know, it's not time to pile on Zach. Zach played better last week. But, man, the kid plays better. And people are acting like he's C.J. Stroud. Far from it. 877-337-6666. All roads lead back 
to Aaron Rodgers. You need weapons. Why is Randall Cobb on this team? He's not even dressing. Why is Randall Cobb a wide receiver on this team? He's, he's essentially a coach. He's just sitting in the wide receiver meetings. He's ineffective. He played in the beginning of the season. You saw he was cooked. He was washed. He's here because Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's making good coin to be a Jet. And it seems like he's got a bunch of drops, penalties, hasn't come up big at all. Why is he here? Because he played with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Same thing with the offensive coordinator. Seems like Sean Payton was right. Seems like Sean Payton wasn't really taking a, a, a shot at Nathaniel Hackett for no reason. There was some merit there. Because now, in week 10, we see it, it took about seven weeks for Sean Payton to undo the mess that Nathaniel Hackett created in Denver. And why did the Broncos hire the Packers offensive coordinator as their head coach last year? Because they thought they could lure Aaron Rodgers there. That's the only reason. And that's the same reason that the Jets moved on from LaFleur and they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator to pair him up with Rodgers. He's only effective with Rodgers. He's only good with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think I could be pretty decent calling plays for Aaron Rodgers as well, but... I get it. I understand Jets fans are, you know, they're split on this. Aaron Rodgers is coming back next month. I don't know exactly what he's coming back to. I don't know what he's coming back for. I think it's a Jedi mind trick. I think this is a master manipulator. I think that this guy knows he has to stay in the limelight. He's not playing. He can't help the team on the field. Sure, he, he showed up to put the headset on and be in meetings and, and mentor Zach. It ain't helping. Doesn't seem like Zach's been able to be him, throw the ball in the end zone, make plays, score touchdowns. They're still kicking the hell out of the ball with Greg Zerline. 877-337-6666. All roads lead back to Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee every Tuesday. And I remember when the season started and he got hurt, and we we questioned, is this a good or bad thing? Is this good or bad for the team? Right? This is the same guy that when Michael Carter, who they just released, was seen after the, you know, during the Patriots game, was seen on the sidelines kind of yelling and and getting at the running backs coach. Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee to try and say, oh, we've got to be better than that. We've got to, we've got to be calm. We've got, bro, what are you talking about? You just got here. You played four plays. You're the leader of the team, but it's like, it's just empty to me. I'm over it. I have Aaron Rodgers fatigue. We've been doing this Aaron Rodgers talk since December, January of last year. And it actually came true, but it was too good to be true. You should have known better. Joe Douglas, you should have had better plans. Should have had an insurance plan. They literally didn't take out an insurance plan on this guy like the Packers did. But he's coming back to save the day. Okay, there might not be anything left to save. Four and five, now you got to face the Bills. The Bills fired their offensive coordinator. You can't fire your offensive coordinator. Why? He hasn't been as effective as Ken Dorsey's been this year. But you can't fire him because you can't upset Aaron Rodgers. Why can't you upset Aaron Rodgers? Because you're hoping that next year is the year. Well, I got news for you, folks. There's no guarantee that next year Aaron Rodgers comes in here and he's MVP. There's no year. There's there's no there's no guarantee that next year he stays healthy either. There's no like last year. Did you guys not watch the NFL last year? When he went to London to face the Giants, Daniel Jones and the Giants beat him, crunched his thumb up. His last game at Lambeau was a loss to the Lions. He wasn't that effective last year, but I get it. You know, you haven't had anything. You haven't had a good quarterback. 
So just the dream, just the Jedi mind tricks playing in your head. It's all been a facade. It's tough, man. I wanted to see it too. I told you I live 20 minutes from the stadium. I was looking forward to seeing Aaron Rodgers play for the Jets. I'm a Dallas fan. Aaron Rodgers has broken my heart in the playoffs. 2014, 2016. It's rough. I'm like, that guy's one of the goats. If he's still got it in him, I'm going to drive right over there and go watch this offense. I thought Garrett Wilson was going to be a top receiver in the league. I was looking to take him in fantasy. I'm glad I didn't. And yeah, you know, all roads leave. Why is Dalvin Cook here? You got to cut Michael Carter after a players-only meeting. And, and it's funny. They come out of the players-only meeting and they're confident. You, you got Makai Becton talking about going up against Von Miller. Yeah, I'm, I'm elite too. You know, you got Conklin who batted down the pass, the Hail Mary in front of Garrett Wilson talking about people acting like it's the end of the world. We're four and five. No, people aren't acting like it's the end of the world. People are acting like you guys are doing the same thing we saw last year. It's not good enough. People are acting like these coaches are suspect. Your head coach, your offensive coordinator. So don't be mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. This is all observation. I've been watching this whole thing unfold. And we tried to tell you. I, there's an article. I got to go back and find it on WFAN. When people asked me what I thought the Jets would be this year, I said 8-9 and nine with Aaron Rodgers because of the gauntlet that they faced to start the season and the fact that he's 39 years old. I didn't expect him to stay healthy. And I said there's flaws. There's flaws in that roster. And one of the flaws was your QB2. It was staring right at you. And there's also flaws with your coaching. I wasn't sure about Rob Sala. I wasn't sure about Nathaniel Hackett, who had a terrible year last year. And here we are. And we're trying to find every other thing. To, we're grasping at straws here, trying to find every other reason, every other thing, uh, instead of just actually looking at, at what it is and calling a spade a spade. Joe Douglas should have done better, could have drafted better, could have built the team out better. Rob Sala, it seems like he's just on one side of the ball as a head coach, and he's just going through the motions. He's paralyzed up there. He looks tired. I watched him talk today. I'm like, this guy looks stressed. He looks tired. He's just hoping to get through this. Nathaniel Hackett, we're watching him on, on Hard Knocks. He's talking about the gold zone and gold member, Austin Powers. <laughs> they don't get in the they get in the gold zone, they don't get in the end zone. John's in Corona. John, you're on the fan. Hey, what's going on, Keith? What's up, man? Hey man. So I'm listening to you and you know, you definitely make sense here with the Jets. Uh, my only critique here, uh, you know, going back to, you know, I listen to you a lot of night driving home from work. You were all over the Giants saying how the Giants are, were going to be, you know, so much better than Jets, their, their wide receiver crew, their coaching staff. You know, th- things happen. Injuries happen, obviously, and, th- you know, it changed. So, it, killing the Jets for putting for putting their eggs in Rogers' basket I mean, it's, it, it, no, it's and, the right I, and I, I, I'm, I'm going back to my thoughts on the Giants, and I pretty much said that they would be 500 too. Now injuries and things derailed them. I didn't expect either one of these teams. I was saying, don't believe the hype. I will, I can go back to the pods and the articles and resurface them. I definitely will. But go on, go on. They, no, they, no, they, no, put, I, I get you. they put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket because they had to. They had an opportunity to get a Hall of Fame quarterback. They, they completely blew it with the number two overall pick. I understand that they had to. All I'm saying is the Jets fans and this organization, they sold their soul to Aaron Rodgers, and he's still playing these games. Oh, he's coming back next next month. For what? I mean, I mean, dude, like, what do you – the Jets were getting Aaron Rodgers, man. What do you want the fans to do, be, be miserable about it? 
No, and like, but, listen, but be listen, proactive he's, he's, about he's it working. when he goes down four plays in, and don't just go through the motions with Zach Wilson gives us the best opportunity to win. It's, Man, go out there and sign another quarterback. Trade for another quarterback. We've seen other teams do it. Tim Boyle is dressed every week, but they won't even think about letting him get a snap. I, I get it, but even thinking about like trading, like like this guy's working his tail off. Every, you, like I know people Ooh. want to kill him, but we got to give him credit, Rogers. Like he he is working his tail off. He's with the team. They know he's coming back, whether it be this year or next year. I, I, listen, I, I killed Douglas for a lot of things. If you look at their draft next year, they don't have a second round pick. They don't have a fifth round pick. You can't start trading assets for a quarterback for for a guy like even like Dobbs. Like yeah, he's playing cool. You you know how New York is. You, you, you got to go for it, man. This defense, this defense is a championship caliber defense. They deserve to get in the playoffs. You got to go for it. You give it up. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, they they're, they're doing exactly what they did last year. And if they fall flat on their faces, they, look in the mirror. You have yourself to blame. Jared's in Fort Lee on the fan. Go for it, Jared. Keith, how are you, man? It's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, I'm great. Uh, I'm great. I'm having a good time. How are you? I'm happy to hear that, and I'm glad the Yankees brought you a good day today. Yeah, listen, very cool. Um, listen, I got to be honest with you, man. These Zach Wilson truthers are driving me nuts. I'm trying to be calm. I'm trying to be collective. I'm trying to understand what they're seeing. But as I was telling the screener, he has the arm, he has the leg, I understand, he has the legs to run, I understand that. But in anything you do in life, you need confidence. You need to understand what you're looking at. You need to know yeah, what Yeah, maybe next run. week. Maybe next week, Jared. Maybe maybe this week you coming up against the Bills, he'll get it. Never. It's never going to happen. Yeah, he'll, no, he'll be able to read the Bills' defense for sure. It'll happen. Just watch. Yeah, okay. Uh, He's so not going to turn that, it over this week. This will be the week. 425 yeah, p.m., yeah. Orchard what? Park. Right. This is the week that, that Zach Wilson goes off for 300 yards yeah. and three touchdown passes. Yeah. You wait and yeah. see. I, yeah. They this had a players-only the, meeting. The they had a players-only meeting. Here it comes. The, the players-only meeting did absolutely nothing It, it last year, and it will do nothing They cut Michael year. Carter. Dalvin Cook's going off. Brees Hall's going off. Zach, watch. You watch. Zach is a stallion. He's a superstar. And, and, and He's I'm got glad, all the intangibles. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Keith, and I don't mean to cut you off, but Michael Carter getting cut was an indication to me, and I know some people will see this as a poll, but Robert Sala is losing this locker room. Yeah, they don't know what's don't, going on, man. They, they I, don't know what he's doing. Listen, This guy I, touched I, the I ball know, 23 times this year, and if you read between the lines, he is a guy that people in that locker room like, his personality. He is actually yeah. a leader in the clubhouse, in the locker room. And they cut this guy. Why? Because he made a couple mistakes. A bunch of these guys make mistakes every single week. Your quarterback yeah. makes mistakes all the time, and you won't yell at him, let alone and bench him or cut him. And I'm glad you brought that up, and I, and I won't take too much of your time, but I want, I want you to know this. When I watched Robert Sala, okay, with the San Francisco 49ers, and he became a head coaching candidate, and we interviewed him, I wanted the guy that was screaming on the sidelines, that was passionate, the mad that man. Player. And yeah. this guy comes here now, and he stands there with his stale face, like Todd Bowles used to do. What is it with these defensive coordinators? They just forget how to be coaches. It's insane. He tells us lies. He doesn't. He thinks we're dumb. He plays us <laughs> like fiddlesticks. No, nah, they become the coach of the Jets, and they become zombie-like. Thanks for the call, Jared. It's a bad episode of. Black Mirror, the Twilight Zone, they're, they're stuck in it. Zach Wilson gives us the best opportunity to win. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, we're about to go get Connor Rogers. 
We're going to continue the conversation around the Jets, the NFL. Keep McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Whoa! (laughs) Right back at it on the fan. Time is smoking by my third and final guest. Man, I've been trying to get this guy on the last couple weeks because I see his stuff. He's been going in on the Jets pre and post game on SNY. He's a Jets fan, also a Mets fan. I might sneak in some Mets questions at the end. I was watching his fantasy football stuff with Matthew Barry. It's Connor Rogers on the fan. What's up, Connor? Keith, what's up, man? I appreciate you having me. How are we doing? Good. Thanks for making the time tonight, bro. You're the man. You kill it. Uh, let's let's go back. Let's start. You know, I, I love seeing that picture of you as a young guy with the Jets jersey. Uh, tell the folks, you know, how long you've been a Jets fan, when it all started for you rooting for the J-E-T-S. Man, I feel like basically when I was uh, – at the, uh, you know, able to get out of a stroller, I was a Jets fan, because that means I was in the Meadowlands with my dad growing up. My dad and my uncle had season tickets since they were in Queens back at Shea, so this is kind of a long-rooted uh, lifetime of rooting for the Jets and my family, and, you know, it, it just never went away, no matter how tough the seasons got, and obviously I covered the NFL draft as well for NBC all year round, and the Jets were always heavily correlated with the draft as well, so it made it that much easier, but I'm lucky I get to work my dream job covering this team with pre- and post-game, and it's something that'll just never go away for me personally. Yeah, you stay down until you come up. You're a Jets fan. You're not going to change, and you are blessed that your your passion and uh, your profession have a line where you get to talk Jets, you get to cover the Jets. I want to play something from uh, you know the Jets pre- and post-game that really caught my attention last week uh, for our audience and for you to hear. It's it's from you. Let's Let's run that, Connor going to half and you hear it on the broadcast well this is probably the time of the game where you got to get the backup loose and see if you can get a spark they don't have that on this roster josh dobbs just went for a sixth round pick apparently jacoby Brissett was out there for a day three pick the jets punted on the offseason on getting a backup quarterback after the summer they punted on that again after aaron Rodgers got hurt they punted on it again they get to the trade deadline where there are names gift wrapped for you they punted on it again again I don't understand what the Jets see with this offense that the rest of the world doesn't. And I love Robert Sala. I give him a lot of credit. But the press conferences of saying we're getting close and when it happens, it's going to be beautiful. We're not dummies anymore. We're not dummies anymore. What else did you need to see that the rest of the world watched tonight? Man, I love that. The passion. This is the fan. This is the fan in New York. Fans listening. I'm a fan. You're a fan. And that passion came out. And obviously that was your reaction last week. After the Chargers game, can you just tell us, you know, what you were feeling in that moment, what you were thinking, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Jets and obviously this quarterback situation that we've been talking about for years now. Yeah, I think for me, Keith, in that moment, it comes down to the fact that there's so many things you're letting down, right, as an organization. You're letting down the people that spent all that money on those tickets, and they're seeing the same exact insanity with this offense week after week. I think you're letting down – a lot of young players that so much of this matters for their long-term career, like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. When you look at the defense that goes out there 
and plays a million snaps every single week and tries to limit the opposition. Honestly, most of the time they do a great job. When you look at the only two games the Jets weren't in this year, it was at Dallas and it was against the Chargers, two potent passing attacks. That The crazy thing about it is, really, Justin Herbert didn't even have to do anything to beat this team. So, I, listen, I'm a big Robert Sala fan, but I think it's been a rough go of it for him over the last couple of weeks, and I think Joe Douglas falls into that bucket, too, because you could sit here and say, listen, it's not all Zach Wilson, and I, and I get the people that do that. This offensive line's been bad and injured. The play calling under Nathaniel Hackett has been really, really poor, and I don't think that's too surprising. You can't predict that Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt four plays into the season, but at the end of the day, to come out on the podium and say, hey, we just need more time. Hey, it's going to get better. Well, that's insanity because you're not changing anything. And it took them really all the way until this week, it seems like, Keith, to start making personnel changes. They cut Michael Carter. They're going to give Izzy Abanaconda a real shot, the explosive rookie running back out of pit. Uh, they finally, you know, a couple weeks ago put Randall Cobb inactive. But overall, the offense hasn't changed that much. They still play Uzama, who's been a penalty machine. They play him more snaps than Jeremy Ruckert, who's probably their best in-line tight end. Tyler Conklin's a good pass catcher, but he's not going to live on the line of scrimmage play after play. So I just think when you look at the Jets, it's just simple as you're letting so many people down and not trying any new solutions. And, yeah, you didn't go out and get a real backup quarterback, and that's something that I thought was easily attainable. I think, yes, you could look at it and blame other things like we did, but you're not going to go get a new offensive coordinator. That's Aaron Rodgers' guy. You can't go replace an offensive line because every single team in this league has offensive line injuries, and there's no depth in this league. But you could have gotten a backup to give you a spark in that specific game, and they just opted not to, and they didn't change their personnel over the last couple weeks. And that's how we got here today, where their season is slowly slipping away from their fingertips. And that, to me, is really, really disappointing when you look at how long it took them to build up this really good roster that will now underachieve because of an offense that can't score points. Amen. Preach. It sounds a lot better coming from you, Connor. It sounds a lot better when you say it versus me because I'm no Jets fan. But, yeah, the truth hurts, man. And I feel like they've been ducking the truth for so long. And they, they have these uh, post-game press conferences and this media availability, and they keep saying the same things. And it doesn't matter if it's Rich Sabini or Brian Costello or Connor Hughes. These guys asking them the questions, and they just keep ducking the truth. But I feel like we we got somewhere maybe this week, right? Because it's deja vu from last year. And now they're having the players-only meeting, and now you're seeing cuts, like you mentioned, and, and different moves. Like I, I think they're trying to do something before it's too little too late, but they obviously refuse to make the change at quarterback. And today, and even last night, I started to take a deeper look at all of this, and I started to take shots at Aaron Rodgers. People didn't like that, but I'm like, hey, we've seen this before in New York. You're Mets. You bring in Scherzer. You bring in Verlander. Yeah. These older guys that come here for like you know later in their careers and they're not as effective. We saw it with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, not older guys, but you you sell your soul to the superstars and KD, Kyrie. They don't deliver. It, it doesn't make for the best results. And you got to have a backup plan. And their backup plan was Zach Wilson, and it seems like they're, they're unwavering on that. They won't go to Timmy Boyle. They signed Trevor Simeon. They won't go to him. So when is that going to break? Is is this the, the last week if they lose three in a row going up against the Bills, who I've been pointing to the Bills a lot. The Bills just fired Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey's had a lot more success 
this year than Nathaniel Hackett, but you can't fire yeah. Nathaniel Hackett because he's attached to Aaron Rodgers and you're attached to this hope that Aaron Rodgers is coming back next month or next year to lead you to the promised land. Like, do you think that if 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 Zach Wilson stinks it up in Buffalo, they make a change? I, to me, I think Timmy Boyle is just like a, a a figure over there. He might as well be a mannequin in a in a in a Jets jersey. It's 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 Zach Wilson all the way. There is no other option. Right. That's the biggest issue to me is that you're rostering a third quarterback and now he's your backup quarterback that they have zero desire to play, right? I mean, that's the reality of it. I, here's the thing, and people get, not everyone, but some people get really upset when you, when you talk about the Zach Wilson aspect because they point to other problems on the offense. And yes, they exist as we've gone over, but a lot of those aren't changeable while the quarterback position typically is. But the Jets did not bring anybody in to even be that spark guy for a second half where Listen, last week it wasn't, you know, obviously Sunday night against the Raiders, you could point at that and say it's not all Zach's fault. He threw the interception at the end, but overall it wasn't, you know. He played, he played better. Fall. He played better. And now we're accepting and better, Connor. Game, like... Yes, right, exactly. The Chargers game, you can't even have him go out there in the second half. The same could be said for the Patriots game. I wouldn't have him go out there in the second half, but they have nowhere to turn, Keith. They have nowhere to turn because they don't want to play Tim Boyle. They didn't bring anyone else in. Those are the games. I always think back to a couple years ago where the Dolphins, they would have a really tough first half, and they would actually bench Tua at some point and play Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he won them a couple games in that second half. <laughs> it's and they never football. We've seen this. Not football. to cut you off. That's, it's strategy. We no, just saw okay. Bill Belichick and the Patriots say, Mac Jones, get out again. Bailey Zappi, go try and win us the game. Left. Yeah, so with two minutes left. So – when it comes down to it, sometimes you just need a spark. and It doesn't mean you're writing a guy off, but they operate with so much fear of ruining Zach's confidence that they've actually done that by accident already. They coach so afraid. They are so afraid to throw on first down. They literally don't even let the kid play until it's, hey, you don't got a lot of time left. Can you go win us the game? Can you get us down the field? And then when he throws that one interception to Spillane on the Raiders, it's like, well, now we don't have any other chances because that was the only time we t- finally took the training wheels off. So you don't trust your quarterback. You're coaching scared. Robert Sala saying things like the first one to 20 wins in this NFL era? Yeah, what? 23? That's not something I want to hear from my head coach. That's not how I want to be playing. If I'm on defense, I don't want to hear my head coach saying that. You're telling me that in this era of football, i got to hold the opposition to well under 20 points, and they do. Quite often. Yeah, and your, your defense got to score 14. <laughs> That's insane. It, right. I said this a couple of weeks ago on post game. The Jets go into games where they go like this. They go, we're going to play great defense, elite defense. We are going to be perfect on special teams. We are not going to miss a kick, and all of our punts are going to pin them inside the 20. And then Brees Hall, this is step number three, the final step. Brees Hall has to do something out of this world, right. and we will win the game. That is such a glass house to play in, and it's crazy to me that they beat the Eagles and the Broncos that way. They miraculously beat the yeah. Giants that way. Legatron, not a Greg Zerline, make all your win. kicks from forty plus. That's that's also part right. of the strategy. Right, perfect special teams. It's <laughs> it's not a sustainable way to win in the NFL level, and it's I, I say it with so much frustration because I care. But it's really, really disappointing to see. Yeah, and I think they care too. And I think that these guys are pissed off. And I think that the locker room, you know, like last year when we saw them all turn to Mike White uh, and turn on Zach and, 
You know, these guys are over it. If, if you have a, a defense this elite, and I've said this on the fan a bunch, if you have a defense this elite, they know what the problem is on offense. They practice against them. They, they look these guys dead in the face. They're, they're with them. It's the other side of the coin. And, man, you're letting down C.J. Mosley. You're letting down Sauce Gardner, Quinn Williams. Like, enough is enough. You can't smoke back-to-back seasons because you don't want to hurt your number two overall pick's feelings because you want to coddle this one quarterback like we've never seen a quarterback coddled in the NFL. Trey Lance was taken right after him. The 49ers move hell and high water to get the kid. It doesn't work out. They have Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. They say, bye, we'll trade you for a fourth-round pick to Jerry Jones and move on. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Just it's the perfect thing to contrast to, and you brought up Mac Jones earlier. I mean, when things go wrong for Mac or Mac pisses them off, they look to other avenues. And the Jets just, it's just crazy. They that, keep plugging how long, along with Zach Wilson yes. and telling us he's the, the best option to win. And I mean, Robert Sala just said he play, he's, he's actually playing really good. A couple weeks ago when it was Taylor Swift night on Sunday Night Football, he got on the podium after a loss after Zach fumbled the ball and gave the game away and said, if the quarterback plays like that, we're going to win a lot of games. And they held on to that game to a fault, right? I mean, I th- that was definitely one of Zach's best games of his career, and they held on to that game to a fault where you look at it and go, well, what if he plays like he did against the Chiefs? And that game feels like a lifetime ago at this point where this team is now under 500. The beauty for them is they do control their own destiny because they've already beaten the Bills and they play the Bills this week. They still have both games against <laughs> so the Dolphins. So you're saying there is still a chance. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Ridiculous, but if they just keep doing this insane, you know, similarity on every aspect of their offense all over again, it won't matter. They won't score any points, and they won't be able to beat those teams uh, despite having such a good defense. All right, last couple things, man. Football is a a game. I mean, I I wouldn't be on the fan if I didn't play football. I was able to go to college playing football, and it's 11 on 11, and you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if Zach is the weakest link, I've been saying this all week, man. You know, the quarterback can can lift you up. The quarterback can bring you down. The difference between an Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers in the huddle is telling everybody, hey, we got to be clean here. Hey, no penalties right here. Hey, lock in. Hey, Lazard, right. line up on, on, on the outside of the numbers. Hey, make sure you get set. Like little things like that you need in a, in a Legion stadium with 80,000 screaming fans. Uh, and Zach can't do that. Zach, like it, it just is what it is. So now Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be coming back uh, in December. And for me, I'm just like, enough already. It's a Jedi mind trick. You might not be coming back to anything. But, like, I don't know. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back, defying modern medicine, and uh, returning to be the quarterback of the Jets this year? I think I think it's reckless. I think it could put him in harm's way for next year. And like I said, I, I think you could be coming back. And, and for what? The, the playoffs could be done after this week. Right, that's the issue. It's a balancing act where if the Jets, you know, lose, let's say their next two, Buffalo and Miami, these two big division games, there might not be anything to come back for. And while you're absolutely risking 2024, which is a season the Jets are going to be once again all in on because Rodgers is coming back to play. Pick up the phone and call the Raiders for Devontae Adams again, like they tried to at the trade deadline. <laughs> sure. They're going to... They're going to do everything they can for this potential final Rodgers season. The final Rodgers season, or at least the 2024 season with Rodgers under center, might not happen if he re-injures himself and for what. Now, once again, if the Jets pull off a surprise here and their season does matter and he wants to come back on – 
Christmas Eve against the Commanders or whatever it may be, and the doctors, the team doctors that are paid a lot more money to make these decisions than me, and they clear him, that's up to Aaron Rodgers, and this season matters, then go for it. But we feel so far away from that, and that's why letting these games get away, right, letting the Patriots game get away, letting the Raiders game get away, that's what makes it even more frustrating is that maybe Rodgers was going to pull off something that we haven't seen before, and maybe it would have been worth trying if the Jets were in it. But it's hard to sit here with confidence and say, when he's ready to come back, let's even be on the more realistic side and call it after the new year, the chances are going down that that will matter at that point of the season. Yeah. Parallel here, last question for you, because I know you do uh, a Mets podcast and cover the Mets as well. You know, there's a lot of Mets-Jets fans, and I feel like this was like a dream for Jets fans. This season was almost too good to be true, and it was Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl, all that. But something I do feel like for the Mets and the Mets fans is like this could potentially be the end of the ineptitude. This could be the end of the LOL Mets. This could be the end of the embarrassment in Queens with now the owner you have in place, the richest owner in baseball, David Stearns, who's regarded as one of the best minds in baseball as the president of operations. And you just found your manager in Carlos Mendoza, who's got a lot of respect as a baseball lifer, has, you know, obviously the, um, uh, Latin American respect of players and connection there. Are you excited about the direction that the Mets are going in? And do you feel more positive about their future moving forward with what you've seen? Yeah, from a macro standpoint, just big picture, absolutely. It's hard not to be. And I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, hey, you got to be all in every year. You go sign the top three agents that are older and go for the World Series every single year. I think what they did at the deadline was a tough decision, but the right decision. The farm system really needed to be replenished. Getting Stearns, Keith, is the biggest point. Like You made that point. That That's the difference maker to me because now you're not operating hoping for a flash in the pan every year. You're actually trying to build a sustainable winner or a sustainable competitor. And I think in this era of baseball with the playoffs expanded, as we just saw with teams like the Diamondbacks, you just got to get in and try to get hot. And if you could do that every year or increase your chances of doing that every year, you always have a shot. So, I obviously like the direction they're going in because Cohen spends the money, and he's not just going around spending the money trying to get every $400 million free agent. I think he's doing a lot of things behind the scenes with the pitching lab, with the front office hires, understanding investment in the farm system that can actually help the Mets long term. And it felt like they overlooked a lot of those things for a very, very long time during the Wilpon era, and that was the most important hurdle to go get over. I think this will be a more – uh, tempered or laid back off season under Cohen than what we're accustomed to. I mean, they're going to be big players in the Yamamoto market then after that, but Yamamoto is the guy that you sign and you think he could be, you know, a piece for you for seven years. I don't think they're going to go into the market and look for these, you know, aging players that they hope can give them one good season anymore. And that's probably best for the Mets right now. Awesome. Connor, you're the man. I thank you so much. Appreciate you joining me tonight. Keith, thanks for having me, dude. Continued success. Thank you. Hey, that was Connor Rogers. You guys got to check him out at Connor James Rogers on Instagram. I mean, I've been following this guy for a little while. He's a Jets fan all the way. That's why I pulled him in tonight. I'm like, okay, it's going to sound a little bit better coming from one of your own, someone that actually has been in the trenches with you all these years. Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. I played the little clip from the Jets pre and post game show that he's on on SNY. He also does the Mets pod on SNY, and then he does NFL fantasy football on NBC Sports. So uh, that's all I've got for guests tonight. Um, the Knicks did pull off a win. 
The Knicks barely pulled off a win, but a win is a win in Atlanta, 116-114. So we'll open it up for Knicks fans to call and weigh in. And now, you know, if you want to say anything about the Jets, go for it. If you want to say anything about the Yankees, as we've talked about the Yankees, go for it, and the Giants as well. So we'll we'll open it up. Coming up, my Casamigos big shot of the night in the 11 o'clock hour and all of your calls till 12. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. You're listening to The Fan. We'll be right back. I'm having a good time. I don't know, man. This is fun. <laughs> even, even the interaction online, like, this is entertainment. I enjoy this. I hope you're enjoying the show. Like... I hope I help you kill four hours. No matter what you're doing, if you're at work, if you're just chilling in the house, if you're listening in the car, driving somewhere, if you have this on a Bluetooth speaker or headphones, like, like I hope you got something out of these conversations. The guests that I booked, you know, the beats that Connor's dropping in and out of the breaks, the takes that we have, whether you agree or disagree, this is fun, man. This is New York City. We're talking New York sports. This is WFAN, the greatest sports station in the world. And I appreciate you guys for being a part of it. 877-337-6666. Call me up. Young Josh is in Passaic. You know he's calling my show. What's up, Josh? Good, Keith. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, having a, a really good time. Laughing at, uh, you know, some people uh, criticizing me and attacking me online for takes. I'm like, this is fantastic. It's good for young players. Uh, with the Jets, so I don't... So I understand what what kind of user saying for that the that the Jets season not over. Basically, the Bills right to the perfect team for the Jets defense. The Jets defense needs to create turnovers. That's right. They had that first Eagles game. That's how they won with the uh, touchdown. Is that if you get turnovers, you get the ball on the opponent's side, and you're down early. And the Bills are a turnover machine. This is perfect for the Jets. They can finally get good fielding position to start off with. In theory, right? In theory, Josh Allen is a turnover machine. That Jets defense should be opportunistic. They should be picking the ball off. There should be some fumbles. But then their offense has to go out there. Will this uh, players-only meeting and some of these changes with Ruckert playing and Abanda Conda playing, and you know, will, will this stuff lead to a change in, in the offense, or will Nathaniel Hackett revert to his same play calls putting Zach Wilson in the wrong position to have to read defenses. Like, let's see it. Let's see it, man. This is the NFL. It is week 11. Their season's not over. It's right in front of them still. 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 The, the, the division is still there. Let's see it, man. I can't wait to watch. It's so crazy, though, how you think about it, that you have Zach Wilson who's right. He's ranked 36 in expected points added, and there's only 36. Hey, don't, uh, Josh, hey, quiet that down. Still in it. There's some people that don't want to hear that. Zach is a good player. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, I wonder how much they pay Salah to say to say what he does. Because <laughs> they know he's well. doing that willingly to look like they, a fool. They I'm pay, sure him, they pay him well. He's better than me. He's better than me. I'm like, I'm brutally honest with family, friends, on the radio. I can't lie. I can't lie because I won't be able to sleep at night. Because I'll have a, a feeling in the pit of my stomach. He's better than me. I wouldn't be able to get up there and lie for Zach Wilson. Nope. And he just must be told, say this or we're just going to fire you. It's part say of the job. They'll give you this amount of money. It's, it's, he accepted it as the head coach. I feel bad for him. Like I said, I'm looking at him. I think he, he, he heard the criticism of his beard, shaved his beard down from a, a two to a one. Uh, it looked like there were some bags under his eyes. Like he ain't been sleeping well because he's like, I can't believe this. This is the second year that this is my quarterback and we have this all-world defense and we cannot get in the end zone. Hey, and Keith, with uh, 
The Steelers-Browns, I mean, who do you think is going to do worse this week on offense? Right? The Browns don't have a quarterback. The Steelers just run it every single time. And the Browns have a great defense. Do you think it's going to be like a 3-3 game heading to the end of the game? <laughs> I don't know. I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers to go into Cleveland and beat them. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is fun to watch, but I don't think he's an NFL quarterback yet. We'll see. I, um, I don't know. that. You know, The Steelers got him the first game. It's miraculous as we're talking about the Jets offense and how they can't get in the end zone. The Steelers get outgained in yards on offense every single game, but they score. They find a way to win. They just hand it off every single time. It's so frustrating because I know you also have George Pickens, and he just doesn't throw the ball deep. Thought it was going to be a big year for George Pickens, Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson in fantasy. Nope. Nobody knows. That's why we watch. That's why we watch. He, just before I go, just one quick question. Who do I start this week? Christian Watson, George Pickens, or Rasheed Rice? Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, for sure. It was great, though. I was able to, uh, guy that I traded him to decide to drop him. So I just quickly scooped him up. And yeah, T. Higgins is hurt on your team, man. Thanks for the call, Josh. Yeah, fantasy football advice if you want it to. Play Rasheed Rice. I wouldn't trust Christian Watson and Jordan Love and the Packers. And... George Pickens, man, George Pickens multiple times has scored under three points for me this season. No wonder one of my teams is two and eight. I've never had a, one of my fantasy teams is two and eight, and I'm, I'm like disowning them. I mean, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to not, you know, set my roster and play because I'm trying to ruin somebody else's day. But, man, this has been a rough year for fantasy for sure. The mistake I made was not taking Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was there, and I took Chubb. Because McCaffrey burned me years ago with the Panthers. And I said, never again, CMC. I don't care if you're with Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. I'm taking Nick Chubb. He's going to be a sturdy back that won't get hurt. Uh, he doesn't have to split carries with Kareem Hunt this year. He might be the leading rusher in the NFL. Crank. Cranked his leg. Season over. And my fantasy season over. Because I also have Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker on that team. Could you imagine if I would have taken... CMC. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame. Okay, now we got some Knicks fans to weigh in. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. The Knicks beat the Hawks barely. It got a little scary at the end. Peter's in Waterbury on the fan. What's up, Pete? Hey, Keith. How's it going? This is Cole Beer here. And the old, old Peter here is following young Josh. Yeah, the vendor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Knicks did well tonight. They're only one game out of being tied for third place. Julius Randle, 29 points, 10 rebounds, shot 50%. <laughs> yeah. 60% from three? Like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. And uh, Robinson uh, cleaned the boards, doing a nice job. Quietly, Mitchell Robinson is beasting this year and out for his respect. They're not going to give it to him, but I see him. I certainly see him. If he can only shoot some more. Ah, uh, you know, he's not a shooter. Um, if if he could get a couple more, you know, putbacks, alley-oops, dunks. They got to make some plays for him. They got to. I mean, he's got the best uh, shooting percentage in the NBA, but uh, he just doesn't shoot. Yeah, he's right under the rim. You know, it's tough to get a shot in when you got uh, Jalen Brunson, you got Julius Randle. RJ's been down. They need RJ back for real. Yeah. But, uh, hey, they're, they're doing their thing. And, IQ. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, I mean, he, the Knicks can't let him go anywhere, but Emmanuel quickly has been doing his thing, too, off the bench. 
Yeah. But uh, they, they only basically had eight players uh, playing today. Yeah, didn't uh, Quinn Grimes get hurt or Miles McBride? So, no, Quinn Grimes, I think I saw he got hurt and he walked off for a little. And I'm seeing he only played 28 minutes. So out of the rest of their starters, that you know, Randall played 38, Brunson played 40. I wanted to watch that game because I wanted Gus Johnson. I wanted to hear Gus Johnson, but you know, I had to work, so I couldn't really watch the game. Yep. Well, listen, they're, they're going to keep sticking him, and uh, hopefully. Uh, They'll, should definitely make the playoffs, so maybe they can make a run. Oh, we got we got a long way to go, Peter, but a good win for the Knicks against the hated Hawks. Thanks for the call. 877-337-6666. I had the game on. I saw it get a little bit close. I didn't have the audio on because I'm hosting the show, but Knicks fans, call me up. Tell me what you saw from your New York Knicks. It's wide open. Coming up next, my Casamigos big shot of the night. Might be one of those New York Knicks. Keith McPherson on the fan. My last hour coming up. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.